This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Hey guys, you know what time it is. It's time for another edition of the Blue White Breakdown podcast, Penn Life's Penn State podcast. I'm Bob Flounders, joined as always by Dave Jones. Dave, I hope you're doing well. I see we're both independently Rocking the colors of some old Big Eight schools. It's, if you guys... we're, we're celebrating the the five the fifth down game, right? Is that right? <laughs> that right? was Colorado. Oh, oh damn! Um, Whatever happened with Missouri and, and Nebraska? Uh, I don't remember it. Damn, really game. famous. Although James Had Wilder a... and Missouri beat Nebraska when they were one the, the week after they beat Oklahoma and Billy Sims, uh, Missouri came into Nebraska. It was like, I think it was seventy eight. And then beat them. Steve, kind of, Steve Pisarkowitz. Yeah, I think uh, Phil Bradley is another name that's in there. Uh, Missouri quarterback. Steve, Steve Pisarkowitz beat Spell him. it. Huh? Spell it. Spell it. P-I-S-A-R-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah, Dave, I've, I've always wondered with these uh, podcasts that we do, I think a lot of people listen to them. I don't really know how many people – actually watch them i don't know what how, what that breakdown is but well you know there aren't any there's some drawbacks in watching rather than listening. <laughs> but i'm just saying like the way we look now we're always talking about uh kaiser and what <laughs> we're wearing and i don't even know if people know what the hell we're talking about because they're probably just listening we apologize for that but i'm wearing a nebraska <laughs> shirt. the reason he's got a mizzou shirt on the reason the reason i like flounders is he puts his bias right out there you know jones denies it but you know, Flounders, Flounders, at least we know he loves Nebraska and hates Penn State. You know, Dave, you, you just know. You just know when you wrote that story on Herb Street what they were thinking. <laughs> oh, no, you know, you praised you know, them. Oh, I got good mail on her on Herbie. Uh, I think people genuinely like Herbie. Penn Staters like Herbie because he, he came right out and said that, that they have the best crowd in the Big Ten, the best right. student crowd in the Big Ten. and. They were like, ah, he's, he, that guy's okay. That guy's okay. He's he's not a bad guy. He knows how to suck up. He does. He does. And it's, <laughs> it's part of the job. Kudos to him. Uh, looking forward to hearing him call some and uh, watching him hopefully call some games. Uh, he, had to, he, had to move, he had to move to Nashville because of the Ohio State fans. Yeah. You had to move to Downingtown because of the Ohio State fans. Let's <laughs> get that out there right now. You know, after I confronted a couple of those blockheads that – because it is really, it's the most, the, the dumbest out of control crowd in the league. Wisconsin, Wisconsin people want to have fun. Yeah. Ohio State, a lot of the Ohio State people want to just berate other fans. They're just, they're just dopes so yeah. often. And you can't, you can't really excuse it. 
they were after the 45-6 game. Yeah. The 2000 game. And um, you remember what happened there. Well, Farrow, right? You weren't there, but Adam yeah. Talaferro was, yeah. was, you know, momentarily paralyzed. Well, for a while paralyzed mm-hmm. in that game. People saw it. It's not like you didn't see it. And I'm on the field uh, for, the, for the last five minutes anyway. But but of course, for that, I mean, it was it was it was just frightening stuff. And yeah. you could see when they took him away, even though it was across the other side of the field, that he his hands were, um, I think at one point I remember them put it, taking one of his arms and putting him up here and everyone's going, Oh, Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. And yet when the Penn state, they've been beaten, mind you, by 39 points, the Penn state, they're, they're going to go four, five and six that year. Was that, I believe that was five. That sounds about right for that first lose. You know, they've, they've been beaten soundly. And there's a couple of, you know, five, nine, 300 pound guys on the railing right above me. And when all the Penn State players go into the tunnel, they, they go, we kicked your ass. We kicked your ass. Go on back to state. And I, I actually looked up at these guys and said, did you see what happened? Did you see what happened? You couple of, you know, profanity, profanity, profanity. And they were, they were like, what? they they really they didn't get it at all you know yeah i think you get more of those in columbus than any place in the league yeah wisconsin great fans michigan they sit on michigan they sit on their hands iowa great fans nebraska great fans sure sure of course yeah of course dave and penn state's coming back out to ohio state this year so maybe some of those guys will be in the stands and they're going to remember you my man and then we're going to see what's what yeah no, They're probably no. looking great. Five I always said that. Um, hey, Dave, do you uh, – I, I know uh, – so it's a Wednesday morning, late Wednesday morning, and a little bit later today I'm going to go up to State College, get a little uh, look at the Lions in practice, have some stuff on that later in the week. But, Dave, I saw you up there, Penn State Media Day on Saturday. Uh, first time I'd seen you in a while. You're looking good, but you had a chance – to uh to talk to some people out on the field i know you wrote some stuff about I talk to some people parker washington some people. uh mike yersich uh the future maybe of that position penn state's offense anything else uh one thing i wanted to ask you about because it caught me by surprise but what 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 is there anything you didn't get a chance to write yet that kind of struck you for media day i want to write actually a little bit about um, I did write a little bit about this. I, I actually led with it in the Parker Washington story. Did you see it? Because I was writing about Parker Washington's size and he's built like a fortress, as you say, slapped together. Yeah. Uh, 5'10", 207 officially. Mm-hmm. I guess he's 5'10". You think he's 5'10", 5'9"? I mean, you know what the rule is, Dave. So we'll, get, we'll, we'll round up and say near 5'10", sure. Yeah. But... Taylor Stubblefield. Yeah. You forget his stats with the Joe Taylor. I don't era. forget. I was the on basket, the basketball yeah. on grass era. Those, those were a couple of your first seasons. Was Kyle Orton his quarterback? I think it was. It was Kyle in 04 he was. Yeah. yeah. Um, before that, oh, God, I can't remember the guy in between Breeze and Orton. It, it, it didn't go straight from one to the other. It was mm-hmm. Billy Dickin, then Drew Breeze, 
and then some other guy, and then Kyle Orton, but I can't right. remember. Anyway, it didn't matter who the quarterback was at Purdue then. You were going to yeah. throw the ball, and someone was going to catch the ball. But still, 73 or more catches every single year. Yeah. And, and Stubblefield was five. I asked him what his playing weight was. Yeah. And he said, I was 5'11", 172. <laughs> yeah. He caught he – caught 320 yeah. balls. Like he left, he left, and then he leave Purdue as like the leading all-time Big Ten receiver in catches? Yeah, I mean, and he – can you imagine the punishment for a little body like yeah. that? So that – at some point, I want to delve into how tough he had to have been. Yeah. Did he wear a number 21? He had a weird number. Was it 21? They all had weird numbers. Yeah. Um, they were – they were all strange numbers on that team. I remember um, yeah. the the guys that that were left over from the Breeze era. Also, um, I can't I can't remember. That's all right. Um, Vinny Sutherland was another one. He had a strange number, but I don't remember what they were anymore. Anyway, all those guys were kind of small and tough. Then yeah. they caught the ball. They caught everything thrown at them. So he couldn't have a better mentor, Parker Washington, than Taylor Stubblefield. Yeah. So, Dave, yeah, I think we all, everyone knows Jahan Dotson led the Big Ten in receiving yards last year. Parker Washington, one of the top true freshman wideouts, maybe in the country. Scored, you know, he started from day one, had a big touchdown catch in overtime uh, against Indiana. It didn't work out for Penn State that day. But I know you referenced this. Um, you, you know, Mike Yersich was positive about a lot of things during media day. Yeah. But the receiver room in general did not quite get that same kind of love. And he didn't mention anyone by name. So I, I think that I think that Jahan and Parker are good. But I think that was like a siren call for, hey, we need a third, a fourth, and a fifth guy to get it together quick. He knows. And I guess uh, Lambert Smith might be one of the guys. He's DeAndre Lambert of. Smith, sure. Um, and and um, Daniel, Daniel George, who has never really delivered on his promise, which is that – fair would you say well have been expecting you know what? him to be that guy and he really yeah and you know it was kind of unfortunate when 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 Clifford was a redshirt freshman they were blowing somebody out and I think it was 2018 he caught a 95 yard touchdown pass from Clifford and it's the longest <laughs> pass in Penn State history and everyone's like well this guy's a star Stat and it powder. was you know it was like Kent State, it was a blowout and I just think that maybe maybe that wasn't the best thing in the world that could have happened to him because yeah he looks good in you know in a uniform he can run he's big but drop passes in 2019 didn't see him much in 2020 and you just have to wonder you know after three or four years if it, if the light bulb hasn't gone on why would it go on now I I shades of who was the kid who caught the TD pass in the comeback against Minnesota in 2016. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it? It wasn't. It was Irv Charles. Irv Charles. Yes. You know Irv that Charles was the same, same kind of thing that happened with Irv Charles because he right huge huge play in that game that got him going, and everyone's like, oh, yeah. he's big, he's fast, and the ball kind yeah. of like wedged in his hands. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't exactly they, Chris they, they pulled that game out of their butt in a lot yeah. of ways, and You've if got they hadn't have won that game, Dave. We're probably talking about a 500 team that year. You were talking maybe about a new staff that year. I don't yeah. care what Sandy Barber or yeah. Chris Fowler say and or the, the crap that, that somebody fed Fowler. That would have been big trouble. There yeah. would have been people who overruled. Maybe two and three Ohio State 
yeah. on the horizon, something like that. Not I talked to, talk to some people. Uh, there were there were there would have been people in the hierarchy who would have there would have been a decision. Yeah. It was that close. Yeah. yeah, it was a great comeback, and all of a sudden everything was completely different after that game. Yeah, it went it went to overtime. I mean, McSorley had to do that cross. Barkley had that Barkley had that the field goal drive late in regulation, and Barkley had that incredible run. And wasn't the field goal thirty nine or forty yards? To yeah, Tyler Davis. Yeah, it was, it was not an easy field goal. It was not. And as a matter of fact, I was thinking, I don't know about that. But Dave, I think one of the reasons that uh, yours can call out the wideouts is because Penn State can always go to that two tight end set. And, you know, and maybe maybe it's not a three wideout set. Maybe Theo Johnson, who's 6'6", 250, um, can be almost like a third wideout split out wide. Maybe that's one thing that maybe maybe Mike, maybe Mike doesn't necessarily, you know, need a third or fourth wideout if those tight ends are as good as uh james and, and mike think yeah we've got and we got brent and brenton strange and brenton strange is back theo johnson is definitely gonna be a factor they have a they have a, a a guy named tyler warren who's not ready yet but played quarterback in high school and he's making that conversion so you never know well, that would harken back to an, an ob offense from from 2012 he's matt layman matt layman kyle, kyle, kyle carter carter yeah, uh, you know, who else was in that? Who was who were the who? Oh, Jesse James, duh. Jesse James, Kyle Carter. Yeah, they yeah. were all good players, man. They're, and Brent Wilkerson. Oh wow, know, yeah, There's that was I think the fourth guy, and uh, you know, he never really panned out. Kyle Carter had one good year. Lehman had two good years. Jesse James was still playing in the NFL, so yeah. See, but I think I think my guy just got a text from Tom Lehman, and he don't he don't like that shirt you're wearing too much. <laughs> they did get hosed. They did get hosed at Nebraska. <laughs> it was awful. They did. There's that no was O'Neill's. That was O'Neill's crew, but it was actually yeah. the people who hate O'Neill. That John O'Neill, the the head referee in the Big Ten, yeah, always point to that game. But it was really the the uh, booth booth review. Sure. Uh, yeah, like how the, could you look at that and not say that's a touchdown? Yeah, I still, I, I mean, you're blind. I mean, I, I don't know. I didn't yeah. understand it. Well, you it's know, not as, inclusive. As good as that, as that team finished eight and four, they should have beat Virginia. Absolutely should have beat Virginia the, in the thick and field goal game, and they should have beat Nebraska. They sh- they were almost ten and two with a loss to open the season at home against Ohio because Billy didn't really have them. You know, they didn't have their legs because he. Had, I put them through. I think a tough camp. That was a that was a way better team. I think uh, than people realize. The Virginia and forget, don't forget Virginia game. Uh, McGloin got hurt, and Stephen yeah. Bench came in. Mm-hmm. He played for like a series and a half, didn't he? Yeah, they they. If you look at the stats, it was really Penn State's game to win. The only team that really had the better of them, I thought, was Ohio State and Braxton Miller. I think that was a whiteout game, or it was definitely played at night. But all those other games, man, they were in it. They were in every game, and that's they were, that, they is, were. that was a, that's one of my favorite teams by far. Getting, really that team. getting back to your Yursich thing yeah. and comment about how I wasn't imagining that was we never really no. talked about came how, out of nowhere. Yeah, and he said that was my question, and yeah. I'm I'm thinking, okay, well, this he's talking about how it's not all on the wide receivers to have a balanced offense. You know, you need balance to have a good offense. Right. And there, of course, there are times when you're going to tell the wide out, yeah, you got to beat this guy. you got to get open. But most of the time it's dependent on other factors, whether you have 
a running game going, um, whether the rest of the team is is functioning correctly. But then kind of went off and he said, but you asked about the, the wide receiver room. Um, not good enough. Yeah. Uh, not even close to good enough. Uh, so to, to me, and it was very matter of fact, it, it reminded me immediately, immediately of Bob Knight when he was in one of his moods <laughs> where he was trying to, you know, I, that's a question, Bob, that the people, people who don't really understand football would ask and then he would he would be in one of those moods you know yeah. and he'd say uh what we need out of our wide receiver group is not what we're getting right now and we're gonna get it believe me he would do stuff like that uh or or other people were play which is exactly to your point that's the kind yeah. of thing he was saying to me he was he wasn't talking to us he wasn't talking to me he's talking to those guys yeah yeah, so he is. He, we talked in the post, uh, not the the post media day video about. He is an impressive guy to uh, converse with. Uh, I also like when you tried to shake his hand when they had the protocols, <laughs> and he looked at you. and You kind of did an air handshake. I thought. I thought he was ready for anything you were throwing at him, Dave. He was ready. For not anything. not only that, but the first question I asked over there with you during, on the side. Yeah, yeah, yes. It was one of my typical. 15 second questions where you get done and you really don't know what the hell the question was. And he did, he didn't try to finesse it. He just said, what's the question again? (laughs) He's a direct guy. I I think. Yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. So I'm, Um, I'm, he's going to be my Jack Crawford this year. I'm afraid. It's okay. There's room. There's room. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Visit us at cureleaf.com or stop in to see us at any of our 12 locations. Let's talk medical marijuana and let our confidence become yours. Dave, so do you think, I don't, I'm trying to gauge how actually big of a loss Adisa Isaac is. The reason I say that is I've heard, you've heard, uh, you know, from, from, you know, the coaching staff, strength and conditioning, yeah. you know, that this guy has, has a chance to be a great player, but he, he never really has done it yet at Penn state. This is, he was his third, this is his third year. He's got an injury. I think it's a lower leg injury and it's, it sure sounds like he's not going to be available this year. And that means their top four defensive ends from last year are out the door. Um, and I just, you just wonder, especially with the way the schedule starts, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you had talked about Phil Steele and how he thought the D-line could be really, really good, could really surprise some people. And even though Adisa isn't a returning starter, with him out of the mix, the early schedule, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's the panic level if I think your Penn State staff and the fan base about the, just the defensive ends? I, I never – I never – understood quite what phil was talking about with his his defensive line ranking which he yeah. had he had penn state's number two in the big 10 yeah. and i you know it wasn't that good last year i wouldn't right. have put it after losing all these guys they're going right. to be better, that much better i didn't quite understand it now you're talking about the typical wisconsin zone blocking and slant plays and they just seal one side 
and go after their four yards. And if they get four, fine, they're good with it. If they get eight, yeah. they're better with it. Yeah. I mean, when they're rolling, that's what they do. They yeah. just, they kill the defensive ends anyway. Right. If they, if they feel like they have an advantage at tackle, which they so often do, that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a factor. Uh, yeah, and a lot of a lot of the bodies they have outside, not only are they untested, they're not very big. You know, there's no, you know, there's no Etor Gross Matos, you know, or Sharif Miller, you know, lurking. And, you know, he's going to be a good player. They're just they might all be solid players, but it's really hard when you open at Wisconsin and, you know, Paul Christ is probably going to come out in a three tight end set and he's just going to test him and test him and test him. Five tight ends as you yeah. used to like. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just saying I would I think if Penn State does not get a lead early in that game and Wisconsin dictates uh that it could be a long afternoon, but I still have a feeling that's gonna be a really good game. They gotta score a lot of points. I mean, it could be a game unlike we've ever seen at Wisconsin back to there was one game. There was one game, what year was that? Two thousand two. Two thousand two when they like went in there. 30. 531. That's right. That's Penn right. It was your your first year. That's why you Penn remember. State got up on them big, and I think Wisconsin scored twice late. And, and I remember asking Joe after that game, because it was not the kind of game he likes where you, you yeah. get a small lead and then protect it and win 17 to 9, which back then you could still hope to do, but the game was changing right then. And they did win 35-31, and they had to get a touchdown at the end to, to ice it, I believe. I think it was, you know, 28-24, and they, they got an extra. He, yeah. They didn't just sit on the ball. They went and drove for a touchdown. I believe that's what happened. My question was, Joe, do you yearn for old, the old days where you could just get a small lead and then protect it because this, this was a forerunner of things to come in college football. And he goes, I, I yearn for a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll bet he did at that time. I'll bet, I'll bet he did, Dave. I, mean, Dave yeah, I think it could, it could be that kind of game and it's kind of on the offense right now in that game. I, I, you know, if they can get by Wisconsin, yeah. Then you're looking right ahead to sure. Auburn, and something happened yesterday. They let they lost Tyrone Truesdale. They had a similar thing happen to them. Their projected starting well, he's he would have been their starting nose guard on that defense. Yeah, so it was a big. Uh, uh, he's just off the team, and there was no explanation when I heard it from Brian Harson. I don't know why, uh, but he was a he was their big impediment, their giant. Uh, you know, parking block in the middle of the defensive line. It's a, that's a big loss, big experienced guy. Uh, and I think he made, you know, he didn't have a lot of stats, but he was a very, very useful guy that you, you might have to double team. Yep. You're listening to the blue white breakdown Penn Life's Penn state football podcast, Dave Jones and me, Bob Flounders talking about Penn state after Penn state media day, just a couple more points. Uh, to get to Dave, the uh, I don't know how much you care about it, but I always get a little bit of a kick. It means nothing. The uh, I think the inaugural coaches poll came out on Tuesday. The top 25 uh, was released. Penn State checked in at number 20. Uh, there's four other Big Ten teams uh, in the poll. 
and they're all ahead of Penn State. Ohio State's ahead of Penn State. Wisconsin's ahead of uh, Penn State. Iowa is ahead of Penn State. And so is uh, Tom Allen's Indiana Hoosiers. Receiving votes, Dave Jones, way down on the list, Jim Harbaugh's Michigan Wolverines. Man, when is the last time? When's the last time they were they were like entering the entering the season like maybe is the 33rd best team in the country? The irony that the might irony, be a little high. The irony of that is is what? Has there ever been a program, and we're talking about for decades, that has been more overrated in preseason polls than Michigan? It's yeah. always overrated. Uh, I was reading some stuff about uh, Bobby Bowden um, just uh, yesterday, and they were referencing a game where they went into Michigan. Remember the game they went into Michigan in 93, the year they won the national title? Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it was a huge ticket in Michigan. And they had been in the national title hunt and had missed on a lot of the wide rights against Miami, but they'd been right there yeah. for, for years, uh, re really since 87. They'd been in the national title hunt. And this was 93. And that game was number one Florida State against number three Michigan. And I'm like, what? Because, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, that was not, I think they did end up going to the Rose Bowl that year, but it was, they, they finished, they fi I believe they finished 9-0-3, so they finished undefeated, but it, it was not like a memorable yeah. uh, Michigan team. They very nearly finished 8-0-4 because the Rose Bowl against Washington was tied until the very end, <laughs> which would have been great, 8-0-4. Uh, but they weren't in Florida State's yeah. league, but they were really rated number three at the, the, the Michigan year after year after year has been overrated in the preseason polls. So finally, maybe a lack of expectations will help them. Who knows? You had to bring up the 93 Florida State team that beat Nebraska on that. Oh, that's you right. You had to do it. You had to do it. Trev Albert suited up with a separated shoulder. It was a, def a, a de defensive slugfest. Neither offense could do uh, very much for long stretches. A lot of field goals in that game. Actually, Nebraska had a chance to win it on a field goal late. The kick had no shot. And the late Bobby Bowden, that was his, I believe, was it first national championship? Yes, 93 and 99. He would 99. win it again against Virginia Tech. Yeah, were his national yeah. title, titles. And so I did a, a little work. I talked to one of Steve Bench's old buddies, who is a captain. Rick? On on the 82 team. Uh, Mark Richt? No, no, his, his name is Tom. Uh, I never heard of him. He's a high school coach down there still. So he's like 65 or something. He's like my age. Uh, he's 60 years old. And I was a junior at Ohio State. And you remember back then, Florida State in 1982 really hadn't gotten it going yet at all. They, they, and Bowden was taking them everywhere. Yeah, no home year, home, just a ways. Always a ways. Yeah, yeah, they played Nebraska that year. They played yeah, LSU at Nebraska. Lincoln, yeah. At Nebraska, at LSU, at Notre Dame, at Ohio State. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. And it was it was like the early John Cheney, anywhere, anytime, anywhere you want, we'll play you. And they didn't even get return home dates. I think they signed like a four for zero against LSU. They signed a two for zero against Ohio State. No one ever came back into Tallahassee. Yeah. And I was at that game. Arch Schleister was the Ohio State quarterback. We had great seats. It was my junior year in design school. 
and it was a terrific game. But the Florida State band came. They brought their band, and their band never shut up the entire <laughs> game. <laughs> they were they were playing that nan 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 nan. Nah. It was like they owned the place because that was a different age in college football. Ohio State was kind of like Penn State back then in Michigan. That it wasn't like a raucous crowd or anything. Um, it was it was a real experience. All right, that's it for the Blue White Podcast this week. Uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, as always, uh, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, tune in, and we'll have another edition. Until then, adios. Adios.